Hey everyone, welcome to the AI and Stuff podcast. I'm your AI Necromancer host, and I'm on with Anna and Yoland. I've been following you for, I think, like uh, a couple years on LinkedIn. And actually, my first thought was, you know, why is this girl so popular? I, I couldn't figure you out, actually. And I, I was just kind of became a little bit more obsessed, and I just kept following you and following you on LinkedIn. And I, I really wanted to get your opinion on, on this. Why do you think you're so popular? Well, um, I think there are three things. First of all, data science is popular and a lot of people want to be data scientists. Then the second part is probably because I'm constantly learning and putting things out there. And so people are curious what I'm putting out. On, on top of it, um, I think it's also that I don't have a lot of filter in my in my posts, so I just say it what I think at the moment. And sometimes, of course, I change uh, I change my posts as a discussion comes in, and people say no, this is wrong because of this and that. And so, it also helps me to learn through discussion. And finally, I think it's because um, I jump on different things and start learning. So I don't always finish my lessons. But I think the fact that, uh, oh, look at that, those are cool autonomous cars. Let's try to do that. And people are like, oh, yeah. Oh, here and right now I'm doing NLP. What about this uh, computer vision code? And so those are all snippets, but it kind of give people a lot of um, toys to play with. And so that's why I think they follow me. But I don't know for sure. I was <laughs> asking myself the same question. And so it is what it is. I don't know. <laughs> So it's definitely true, I think, that a ton of people are into data science. Like if you just post something on LinkedIn about data science, I think, like, honestly, sometimes I don't even want to post. I know what people want. I know what they want. And I just don't want to post it because it's like, it's too, um, yeah, it's just, it's too like, oh, yeah, here are five quick tips to becoming an awesome data scientist. Um, but I think for you, it's more than that. I think it's definitely, there's a, there's a side of it about the, about the honesty, right? like the honesty side of it. Um, you're probably the most honest person I've ever seen on LinkedIn. Like no one has guts on LinkedIn. It's really hard to be very honest on LinkedIn. And you're, um, you're just, you just say whatever you're feeling, right? Um, like yeah. you're, <laughs> you're ups and you're downs. So like, I don't know. So Actually, yeah, a lot of it is about your insecurities as well. I mean, yeah, so maybe you can tell us about that. Like, why, <laughs> what, what are some of these, what are some of these thoughts you have constantly? Like, actually following you is like a roller coaster, right? I'm, I'm following you. One, one second, you're like, oh, I'm awesome. I'm doing great. And the next second, you're on the floor. I'm, something about feminism. So, feminism always makes it in. Racism makes it in. Um, <laughs> very often it seems like that those things are on your mind and they're bringing you down yeah i think what's happening is i'm on a huge learning curve right now i'm trying to study something very unfamiliar to me well not necessarily very un unfamiliar but still um trying to pass the interview for um for facebook and facebook, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll discuss that part later <laughs> about saying and all that. So I do have these feelings too. And um, I think what's happening is 
because I did have some, I mean, every single person had some struggles and difficulties. So I'm not saying that, you know, I was special and, you know, because I'm so-and-so, people were so mean to me. No, but, you know, those, those negative bias, I guess, they accumulated over the years and I didn't really speak on them. I would just keep my head down and keep studying harder and working hard. And so eventually I feel like I hit the boiling point. And so my, I guess, imposter syndrome went out of control. So I'm just, yeah, I'm fighting myself. And so when I'm in a good mood and I start coding, I feel great. But then the minute I make a mistake, I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself. And uh, that's when I start thinking, oh, I'm a woman and they will not trust <laughs> me. And it brings me down. And I participated in a lot of women in engineering programs. Um, there's a lot of societies. And so it is a double-edged sword because as you start learning about uh, internal bias and how people react, of course, you feel a little bit of relief because it's like, oh yeah, I've been through this. This is terrible. But then at the same time, uh, you start feeling terrible and you're like, well, people feel this way, so I have no chance. And so it just has to be a balance. The balance to the point that you acknowledge another person's struggle. And so you do understand that they are facing some difficulties, but at the same time, you don't bring down yourself. And so I'm still learning that balance. Actually, you're like a, like a real Russian, like you have a Russian accent. I thought you were going to be like Lex, like what's that guy, <laughs> that AI guy, Lex Friedman, right? Like he's also like a Russian, but he's got like, a, like he's kind of American. I, I don't know if you can tell he's Russian from his accent or, or from the way, no. do you know Lex Friedman? Do you know this guy? Yeah, I know. But yeah, I can't, I can't tell the difference at all. I can tell any differences in any slight accents in the United States. I can only tell Texans <laughs> away because I've been in Texas for so long. But uh, if I hear any other accent, like what, what, is, what say, is a Texas, what is a Texas accent like? Well, I can't, I can't copy it, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I can see. I think they stretch their vowels a little more, especially a sounds, and they they say yo instead of yo and little things like that. They so say yo. Yo, like uh, Yo. oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so those, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I think the most, the biggest shock was so. I've been in New York, New Jersey only once for a job. And so when I came, I came to a coffee shop, uh, the diner, and I saw a bunch of Italians uh, having coffee and I heard them speaking. And I was like, oh my God, I've never heard this accent before. They were saying coffee. And I thought it was so cute <laughs> and different. And I was like, wow. You don't, yeah, like you don't hear that in Texas. So I was just like so mesmerized. But, and I realized that I missed a lot about different parts of the United States because I've been in Texas all this time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, some of the accents, uh, like, uh, I guess as a non-U.S. citizen, I'm saying this, some of the accents, like, I have a lot of family in the U.S., um, but when I go around the U.S., uh, I, I think just in, in different places, the accents can be so different. Um, it's like, really, it's like a different country. Um, so, yeah, I think New Jersey, I think um like you know bastin right i think those are that's our super cool accent um uh yeah and also i watched ray donovan like four years ago and ever since then i'm just like oh boston accents are amazing um did, did you ever watch that show 
No, I didn't. I, I didn't. Oh, that's a really uh, good show. You should see it. I, I, I will at some point after I pass the interview, I guess. It's <laughs> okay. now a personal challenge, so I'm going yeah. to pass it no matter so, what. Tell me about this interview, <laughs> right? Like the, you have this Facebook interview. That's about all I know. You've been preparing for it like mad. How long and how long is this interview? Um, I think uh, the interview process is first you pass the coding test. And then if you pass it, then you have a panel interview. I think it's five hour panel interview and you come oh my on God. site. Yeah, you come on site and then you start really doing coding and they ask you to code and debug and asking you design questions and all types of stuff. So it's pretty difficult. So, so when's I the first round? And how the long? first round, well, I talked to recruiter because I, the, the first round was supposed to be in January. But then as I did research about how Facebook interviewing works, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be ready in four or six weeks. So I called the recruiter and she said that they hiring all the time. And so when I'm ready to give her a call, so we, <laughs> we agreed to reiterate in March and to meet in March and see if I'm ready. And then she said that um, as the interview process goes, you can also stretch the time between the first coding interview and the rest on-site interview if you need to prepare some more. So they, they're working with you because they, they understand that it's a very difficult process. Uh, like, I don't, oh, look, my personal opinion here, here is I don't think you should prepare, right? Actually, truth is you're, you probably have more guts than me. I probably wouldn't even go to a Facebook interview. Not, I mean, I probably say it's because uh, I don't like tech giants and stuff like that. But the truth is I probably, I probably a side of me thinks like, ah, they won't like me. So I won't like them. Right. Let's just, let's just get it over with first of all. Um, but I, I do think like when I'm listening to you, just, you know, just go for it. Like just go the January one. If that doesn't work, try it again later. Like I've heard people do multiple, multiple Facebook interviews. And if, if nothing else, one interview is good preparation for the next interview, right? So, you... Well, this is, the, this is the tricky part, though. So you see, uh, there is a policy. So if you go and take the interview, first coding interview, and you fail, you'll get frozen for about a year or six months. And so oh. you can't apply, you can't try again. That's why the, this whole, that you see the imposter, imposter syndrome that I have, that's why it's so harshly activated because you um if you i mean you can go and interview in other companies large companies but the facebook then you have to wait over the waiting period and then try again and so that's why it's the failure is very harshly punished and there is very hard very high <laughs> expectation <laughs> to pass and so and then on top of it you know i started remembering every every interview that was that i got slighted and so that's why I'm going through such a roller coaster because it's like very high expectations and uh, harsh right. punishment. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned actually imposter syndrome and actually I just saw you write a post about tech lead and imposter syndrome. Actually, you just, you actually introduced me to tech lead um, just a few days ago when we were having like a preliminary talk and I thought actually I, I watched tech lead for the first time. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about um, tech lead and, and your imposter syndrome and how that all comes together? Well, it kind of helps and hurts at the same time. So uh, I don't remember how I stumbled on his videos. I think he's a big celebrity. And so <laughs> somebody referred to him. And so I'm like, oh, let me watch. And then as, as I start watching, it's like this where he can really 
morbidity attracts, you know, so he is capable of like simultaneously triggering uh, very negative feelings and at the same time very positive feelings <laughs> at the same time. And so you're just like, this is like, I can't watch this, but you can't stop watching it. It's like uh, watching a horror movie for me. So, oh my um, God. <laughs> yeah, it's probably bad, but hey, I'm going to say it. So um, sometimes he has some valid points, but I think he's just being really harsh about diversity and diversity hires and making fun of imposter syndrome. And so I noticed as I started watching, I, I was thinking, well, he's probably, he, this is how all engineers at Facebook are. And it's probably, it's, it is a stereotype, you know, just like you stereotyping anything. Everyone is individual. But as he talks about it, it, it's very hard to resist that like, wow, if this is how all engineers at Facebook are, then this is going to be really Hunger Games. Well, and, okay, uh, was he, I, I have to understand, so is he actually an ex-Facebook, ex-Google engineer? Or is this just like a line he says? Almost everything he says sounds like he's trolling to me. Like, actually, yeah. He I, is yeah. trolling, for sure. But you know, it's sometimes it's, but it's fun, but that's why it's useful as well, because as he's trolling, like for example, as he's trolling, right? And you're watching his, uh, when I'm watching his videos, I feel being trolled because I'm having experience, <laughs> right? Yes. And, then, and then I feel shame, but then as I feel it, I know, aha, so, so that makes him very smart, right? Because he knows exactly what to troll you on because other people won't know to, um, but he knows. And so that's why I'm like, oh, okay. So it seems like I'm being ashamed of having imposter syndrome or something. So let me go and study on this. So the first reaction is always to avoid and withdraw because you're feeling so much shame and you just don't want to deal with it. And then as you think about it, you go, no, I'm just going to go forward and, you know, this and is... now I know what to do when I meet <laughs> an asshole like that. Excuse my, pardon my French, what I'm going to have to tell this guy when he starts trolling me at work. Yeah, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Um... Okay, this is just, it's just hilarious. I mean, first of all, this guy, has, he, the first time I see him, like I, after he sent me his video, I, I pulled up his video. I'm like, what? How? there's no way this guy is super popular. I mean, you described him to me as super popular. And then I look at, I look at his video. I'm like, wait, there's, when it starts, you know, I'm thinking there's no way he's super popular. This guy with his, you know, this very strong Asian accent, he, he looks very nerdy. He, he, he talks kind of very low and kind of, almost like he's got some kind of um some like some kind of autism like he talks in a very strange way and then but the truth is he kept talking he kept talking and you're right i couldn't i couldn't stop listening and it was just it was hilarious <laughs> and he's he's like trolling me and it's like it's like an emotional roller he's laughing at engineers he's laughing at everyone he's poking fun at diversity um issues and um yeah i mean the guy's just super super hilarious <laughs> yep yep Mobility um, attracts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, and then all of a sudden, he's just actually, he's just blatantly running commercials like half the time, right? Like he's just, you see him taking a screen out and he's just, or sipping some kind of coffee. He's just blatantly selling you the commercial. And you, actually, you don't even care. You're like, yeah, this guy is just commercialing me the whole time. And yeah, it's just, I think it's really funny. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, he's doing it so blatantly and he's not yeah. trying to sell it to you. He's like, there you go. <laughs> Take this. This is my commercial you. <laughs> so you're like, you can't, still, you can't, you know, resist because it's not like, hey, why don't you try this? It's like, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, he's pretty funny. I agree. Oh, yeah, but actually, there, I think there is something here about the two of you that you have in common. Um, I oh, think, great. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, I think you're kind of, he, he's more controversial on the, um, you know, on, on his side. And uh, you're more kind of, I would say, like, kind of like, I, I don't know what the right word is. How do you actually describe your, your politics? Like, are you... Are you like left wing, like on the left wing side? Are you like liberal or what? How do you do you have a way to define your political leanings? Uh, no, I'm at this point, I, I, I choose to say that I'm neutral and <laughs> I choose to see grays and positive and negatives in all parties. The reason for that is because when I just came to the United States, every four years I would vote for opposite party because mm. I, would, I would vote for liberal president and he would make me angry and I would say, I can't do this anymore. I'll go, I need the Republican president. So I would go vote for Republican president. He would make me angry and I'm like, no, this is not working. Definitely go back to liberal. And so as I went back and forth, eventually I said, you know, it's like two bad parents. I'm like, I'm not picking sides anymore. I'm tired because you, you're all bad and I don't trust you anymore. And, you know, I'm just going to do my own thing. So... It's hilarious that you switch every four years. I mean, I actually, now that I think about it, probably that's what most of Americans do, right? Like most of Americans, they vote Democrat, then they vote Republican, Democrat, Republican. No, I don't know. You know, when I was in Midland, for example, in Midland, Texas, most <laughs> people there, they were very, very conservative. You know, yeah, where is Midland? Midland sounds like a place I should know, but it also sounds like a place in the middle of nowhere, like... It's a very famous oil and gas town. So when, oh. you fly, when you fly over Midland and you look down from the airplane, you, all you see is just rigs, 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 just patches of rigs of production, production um, rigs um, producing oil. And that's all you see. And it's like stretches huge, huge, um, it's huge area. So that's how Midland is popular. Midland also has few uh, very... Um, it has few million years and some billion years there. So people would just come from rocks to riches just doing oil. But it was back, back in the day. So, so, so that's why Midland is very famous. And at the same time, it's not. Because it's an undeveloped, it's a small town. doesn't have a lot of entertainment. But it's a prominent oil town. So what were you doing in Midland? Uh, I was interviewing for a job at the time for Heidi Burton because I have a degree in petroleum engineering so uh, oh. so yeah so I worked in oil and gas for a while and for a little while and I was on the rigs <laughs> okay so my co-worker and her my co-worker and her dog and her little poodle just came in so oh, okay. <laughs> I, okay. I'm wondering if we can continue this poodle is just mad he's staring me down like he's just staring is it at big me. or like, small is actually it okay no he's 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 like medium size I, I don't know he's like one of those white cute dogs but he's just got these evil beady eyes he's just staring me down right now i actually what are you, what is your opinion on these on these dogs at uh like dogs at work like 
what do you think about that? Like people bringing their dogs into work and stuff like that. I don't mind as long as they trained. Like I would not be able to bring my dogs because they would just destroy the whole place because <laughs> I, mean, I don't train them. But I mean, if the dogs is well behaved, like why not? Yeah, as long as they don't, you know, not aggressive. And... He's going to eat where me you, alive. Where are you at, by the way? Right now I'm in Taiwan. I'm in Taiwan at this uh... moment. I still travel a lot, by the way. Oh. Um, but I think this is going to make a very poor quality podcast. So... And I think we've talked enough. Like, I think I can, okay. we can have you on in the second episode. Yeah, I have uh, questions for you too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Maybe ask a quick question before we go. How many countries have you worked in before? Where are you from and why you have such a good English? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is a microaggression, by the way, but hey. Oh, okay, so actually I'm born in Canada. So that's why my English is so good. Um, I'm, I lived most of my life outside of Canada and I haven't been to Canada in a decade, uh, even at, on a vacation. Um, I, I don't particularly have what to do in Canada. I feel, um, I, I think Canada is beautiful, like two weeks a year, like two weeks a year, Canada is a beautiful place, um, in the summer. And then the rest of it is just, uh, you can't really move much and everything's underground. And uh, so I don't really go to Canada or visit and, I guess there's nature, but there's, you know, I, I don't know. There's some, actually, this is a different conversation. Like, I'd be happy to talk to you more about Canada. I'm a little bit interested, you know, they've been trying to become, I, I lived most of my life in Israel. Israel's much more tech-oriented country than Canada. Um, and I'd be happy to talk to you about that next time. We should definitely have, like, a second chat about that. Um, okay. Unless you hear, do you hear, like, a lot of background noise right now? If you don't hear a lot I of background noise. I don't hear anything. Noise, all right, then maybe yeah. we can continue a little bit. Um, it's up to you. Sure. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my thoughts on Canada. Actually, I think it's pretty interesting. Canada was like, um, actually, Canada famously, I think, is a pretty convenient place to live. Like, everyone wants to move to Canada. Everywhere you go in the world, people want to go to Canada, right? Like, I think Russians always want to go to Canada. And I'm in Taiwan, Taiwanese always want to go to Canada. When I was in China, they always, Chinese wanted to go to Canada. Uh, Israelis always want to go to Canada. Um, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. This dog is just, he's going to kill me. Um, oh, so by the way. he's not trained then, huh? He's not trained. Poodles. How are you going to train a poodle? Um, actually, I didn't tell you my opinion about this dogs at work thing. Like my opinion is, I mean, I think it's cool, right? Like if I'm a boss, I have to let people bring their dogs because it's, it's the cool thing to do. But, uh, and you know, I'm not a fan of these like little angry dogs, right? Like I really love these big, lazy dogs that they like find a place in the corner and they just go to sleep for 20 hours a day. Um, like those St. Bernard's, I love those these little, these little poodles. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan, right? These people bring these little poodles to work and, and they're, they're, I don't know. They're, they're always like eating your shoe or something. They're always eating something that belongs to you. And it's just, I, I don't know, you know, like they're always no, making I trouble. <laughs> I, I see a point, you know, like, hold on. Like, but in my house though, it's a switch role reversal. So I have a big dog and he's always in trouble. He chews everything, he bites everything. And then I have a little beagle and she's the princess. She never does anything bad. So, you know, it depends on dog personality. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. so if you bring the beagle, I would be okay, right? But uh, okay. some of these other dogs, like people, these like my coworkers yeah, that bring yeah. little dogs, where I just, I want to punt them like a football, right? I just want to punt <laughs> them out the window. Like, 
yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just have this fantasy. Yeah. No, they, the, some some of the dogs are <laughs> annoying, especially the ones with barking and the tiny barking ones, and they like yeah, the yeah, most yeah. aggressive ones. Yeah, they yeah, are annoying. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you a video later. You you're gonna have a laugh. Okay. <laughs> What's the video of? <laughs> the video about small chihuahua, chihuahua just like uh, biting the guy's hand, and he's like you need to relax after work. And so when you're relaxing, it's very good to pet your pet. And he's trying to like pet this dog and the dog is just chewing on his hand. <laughs> actually, his chihuahuas are really, these chihuahuas, I mean, these chihuahuas, I mean, they may be the most aggressive dog I've ever seen. Like they can't, they can't hurt you. But like, actually there's a huge bias against dogs, I think, right? Like you're talking about bias against women and, and, and race and like African-Americans, all that stuff. I think there's a huge bias against dogs. I, I think if you're a big dog, right? Even you, you barely do anything. People are just going to treat you badly. Like they will lock you up for nothing. They will take your dog and put him in some kind of healthcare facility because he licks some girl in the mouth, right? Like if, if you have a little chihuahua, that thing's allowed to do with it, whatever the hell he wants, right? He can bite people. He can, he can act like a maniac, like a psychopathic maniac. No one's ever going to touch your dog, right? It's a chihuahua, right? You can get away yeah, with anything. True. They have the whole pit bull groups when people uh, talk about how pit bulls are being really mistreated and how, yeah, yeah. It's, there's definitely bias. But you know what? My dog has a bias, the bigger one, because one time we were walking when she was a puppy and this huge Serbernar decided that he was curious and he started walking towards her just to sniff her. And he looked very, very calm. And my beagle started yelling in panic, like so loudly being a beagle that the owner of the Serbernar got scared. And he's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, there's nothing <laughs> It's just, my dog is being dramatic, you know, <laughs> like she's a beagle. So that's what happens. But yeah, yeah she yeah. was like crying. You know, she was like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Someone's killing me. And he didn't even come close to her. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I think, actually, you can, you can also take this to, I think, towards people, right? Like, people are, um, if, if you're like, um, okay, so you talk a lot about bias towards women, right? But I do think if you're like a, a big kind of threatening looking guy right people are just going to treat you different like uh even even honestly the biggest most like i have one friend he's like he's like an ogre right the guy's an ogre he's two meters tall but he's not just tall he's like he's like uh, what is two meters like six foot four he's like six mm -hmm. foot four but he's not just that he's six foot four the guy's like a mountain right and he's shaped mm -hmm. like an ogre and he's got that ogre under jaw right he's one of my best friends and um mm -hmm. just people just they just see see him and actually Inside, he's like the most gentle guy you could imagine. I think often when you see these big, scary guys, inside they're just the most gentle people you can imagine. But they're always treated like, um, um, like the potential enemy, right? Like everyone looks at, even girls, right? Like this guy had, I think, a pretty tough time with girls because they just saw him and they were instantly t petrified, right? Like they're petrified of this guy. Um, yeah, so like I know you talk a lot about bias towards women. Uh, no. <laughs> what, what you're saying what you're saying is true like first of all african-american males 
in United oh, States, yeah, yeah. They, they have that problem because everyone thinks that they are threatening. They're, so they're they bigger, right? Be... Like the, the African-Americans in, in Texas, I'm getting, they're bigger guys, right? Than the white guys. I'm, I'm just I've guessing. I've seen some know. guys shorter than me. So, oh, yeah? <laughs> so no, so the, everyone is different. But again, yeah, they have this. So like when, when they are big and they work out, yes, there's definitely um, prejudice. And so they have to constantly, you know, when they're riding in the morning at night and they see a woman, they have to like wave. So you know, they don't look threatening. It's, it's a burden. So, and, uh, yeah. yeah. No, so I'm just, thing, uh-huh, yeah, go on, yeah, go, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> no. So just what you're, what you're, th- what you're saying is making me like think that maybe it's not even a race thing, right? Could, could it be that it's not even a race thing? It's just a, you know, often you get like these very pumped, big African-Americans. So they, they look more threatening, right? Like they're, they're more, maybe more masculine, more big, more strong. I don't know. Uh, actually, I'm not over there, so I don't exactly notice well, these things right now. But is that a is that a possibility that it's not even a, or or maybe well, there's a race thing that's separate, but this is like its own its own thing, right? Well, there's not no absolutes in life, right? So of course, like uh, a very big. Um, big uh, guy will will come as threatening to others and yet but there's still um, studies being done that you know if you take if you start comparing one to another so if you see a big white guy running around and big black guy running around the black guy will be more stereotyped you know it's just it's 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 just unfortunate Mm. so so i mean it happens but i mean at the same time if you think about it i think it's a status kind of very strange status thing because if you think about it, very beautiful women, they also being used to <laughs> That's true. So, you know, so, so you take very beautiful woman or very large guy and suddenly everyone, you know, starts attacking them for some reason because they are like superior in some way. Especially right? women, right? I think my sister is a beautiful woman, right? And actually, uh-huh. I think she's had a very tough life, especially because of other women. I think other women treat her pretty badly because she's beautiful. Yeah, women can, we, women can be very um very harsh on each other and uh in a more devious way because they are trained raised not to show their aggression openly and so they do it in passive aggressive ways but there again been another research study done and so when they say that there is a limited resources and for example some group becomes a minority the minorities start competing with each other to gain that um, gate access to the larger group so it's not just women you know so you, you can see it in hiring so like when you see for example we, when you go into company into tech company there is only two uh, tech females and there's right. a and there's a lot of sexism in the company those females will fight for sure because it's just set up this way you know Oh, you're saying because kind of like they're like, what is it like a ghetto effect or like like you put all the women in a little ghetto kind of like or some kind of spiritual ghetto and then they they end up like fighting each other for food or something. Well, that's very uh, (laughs) like, I'm sorry, I'm I'm Jewish. So I'm just taking this. I'm just taking this to like the Holocaust Uh, kind of like I'm I'm just uh, thinking like, oh, they put like you put, I, I don't even know why I, I instantly jump to these scenarios, but I'm like, oh, you put them in a ghetto and then they start like fighting for food. Actually, Jews in ghettos, like, actually, I think in the end, the people who hurt Jews the most in ghettos were Jews because you just took all these people, you shoved them in a little neighborhood, you built a wall around them and then uh, you basically took their food and you basically 
actually tried to pin them against each other actively. Like that's what they were doing in Europe, just trying to pin them against each other. So they were they were making yeah. them in charge of each other. And so I wonder if if like yeah, I, I don't think it's comparable, but maybe yeah, maybe like on a spiritual level, it's similar. Like you put people. And you don't have to be even two women fighting each other. It can be like, you know, a woman and a H1B worker or something like that. You know, just basically the less minor two or three minor groups and uh, the oh. dominant group. And that's when all these conflicts, ha often the conflicts happen. Like HR sometimes have problem, you know, if there will be, you know, one minority fighting another minority because they both have huge imposter syndrome and they feel like only oh. one of them will pass, you know, and so they're going for it. So, I mean, we all have it and we just, as, as long as we are conscious about it and you know how to overcome it, it's okay. You know, it's when we kind of give in onto those instincts, that's when the trouble happens. Huh. So you see, um, like, I guess, I don't know, what would you call it? Like a kind of like a minority infighting? Like, or I, I guess women aren't a minority. I, or in tech, they are a minority, actually. Um, but like a minority infighting, like minorities are kind of, kind of pushed to fight each other in, in the, is it in the tech world? Or, or do you think it's in general, like a general thing? It's in anywhere where a huge minor, major group is present and then few minor groups are present. This dynamic might take hold most often. There's actually a research paper about it and I forgot the name of it because I'm not a sociologist, but I can send, <laughs> I can, I can send it to you. It's been done in Australia and somebody, and somebody uh, basically sent it to me. Basically, there is a major group which is called the capital, right? And so they, as a capital, they already privileged, not privileged, like I don't like this word because it brings a lot of conflict in the United States, but they basically are there because they are. It's their right. And then there are a bunch of minority groups that are fighting for the right. Who, who's there because they deserve to be? Okay, white males. In <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I didn't Wait, want to say I, it, but hey. Am I, am I considered white? I have a question because I, I, I don't know. know. Like, I, I don't know. I, as a Jew, I often don't know. Like, I, I remember those little pamphlets like in Canada, like they would do census of the, like a demographic census. Right? There was always like a Jew there, right? Like there was like Hispanic, black, white, like Jewish. I, I think they removed the Jewish at some point, but for a while it, it was... It was a thing. I mean, I, I honestly, I can't figure it out. Am I white or not? Like when I was in America and Canada and, and when I go to Europe, I, I don't feel white. But then when I go to East Asia, all of a sudden, like all these <laughs> white dudes are like head nodding me, right? Like the brotherhood oh, of the whites, right? Like all of a sudden, I'm a white guy. Like I'm all of a sudden, <laughs> when I get to East Asia, all of a sudden, I'm a white guy. Actually, nobody sees anything. They don't see the, the Jew. I have a yarmulke, right? I have like payas. They don't, they don't see anything in Asia. The first thing they see is like, oh, ni henbai, right? Like, you're so white, right? That, that's the first thing people see about me. Yeah, and it's amazing. Well, at least one thing is if you're African-American, you don't have this confusion ever. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so. I wonder, right? Like, I mean, actually, I'm sorry. I was in London, like just mm -hmm. maybe three months ago, I was in London. Right? My brother lives in London. I, I have some work there maybe. And anyway, so... Um, I was in London and, um, like three months ago and yeah, I just, 
honestly, I got, I, I had a transfer through London for, I stayed there for like a day and I was just, I spent, I had to spend the whole midnight there. I had nowhere to sleep. I, I got off the, the train. There was nothing to do. Right. And I just stood there and I hung out with a bunch of like Somalian drug dealers. Right. That's, that's the only people that were around in London in the middle of the night were just Somalian drug dealers. So I'm like, yeah, I'll find these group of people. I'll pick their brain. And the, honestly, I couldn't figure out if they're black or Arab or, or what they were. They, they looked like something in the middle, right? Like, it, it was unclear to me. I mean, I'm not an expert on Somalia, but I, I couldn't really tell. I, I, it's not always clear. Like, I think there's like a lot of these kind of funky boundaries, right? Like, I, I think there's probably, yeah, it's probably not always clear if a person is black or not. Well, I, I guess yeah. in America, it's the same, right? Like, is your, your, your daughter is is uh is african-american right by the way well she she's mixed but i mean oh, okay. when you look at her okay so this, this is what's funny about her too because she's mixed right so she she's half me and half her father so you know she sometimes also because of this grayish eye area she can be um it can be difficult for her too because you know for white people she's not really white and for oh. and for oh. black people she still has some 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 white privilege right and i mean you can see that yeah, privilege yeah, yeah. when like, she's at school and someone picks at her and i go and stand up for her they're like oh whoa, whoa, wait a second the wrong kid you know well it's like really, <laughs> I mean, really because know? they see oh this black kid's got a russian mom right and then yeah. they're like back off back off mayday 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 well, it's oh, no not way. that bad, but it's like, no, she's not, she's not bad, you know, and this mom, we know her, she's really smart, she's like a data scientist, because I, I did some work for the principal, oh, so cool. yeah, so suddenly, like, oh, she, it's the class, it's, I think it's the classiest thing, you know, like, they, they see the class, and they're like, oh, she's like, she's not, she's middle class or upper middle class, so, you know, she's not that, you know ghetto ghetto african-american female you know but at the same time that's what is so infuriating because you know it's it's a terrible stereotyping you know and that's why it's very upsetting to me because my kid was just sitting there and i just think about all these other little african-american girls who just sit there at the table and doing their science or whatever and then someone comes mm. and picks at them because they are you know vulnerable so yeah anyway Okay, can oh, I yeah. just ask you, like, maybe, a, I don't know, maybe this is a stupid question. Maybe it's uh, not right. I'm not sure. But, like, can I just ask your daughter, how, 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 I guess, how, how African-American does she look? Or how black does she look? Like, is she, oh my goodness, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Is that not allowed? Like, I'm, I'm thinking, no, no, like. No, it's allowed, but it's yeah. definitely, yeah, it's definitely. Okay, so I think <laughs> what you, okay, so there we go. What you're referring to, there is also another implicit bias on a test. So yeah. there's, there, so people, they were selecting people with lighter skin as more pleasant as people with darker skin. Right, right, right. You know, so it's not about, you know, white versus African-American, which is race. But there's actually also... Just a skin tone thing? You're just saying it's just a yeah, skin tone thing? Yeah, right? yeah. It doesn't matter if you're Indian tone. or if you're yep. Mexican or whatever. It's just a skin tone thing. Yep. So my kid looks just like average mixed kid, like they all do. I mean, she's okay. not, she's not. So how does she identify? Like, how does she identify herself? Like, she gets angry when she asks this question. And I, we had this conversation. Good. You know what? Maybe she should she get angry. Maybe she shouldn't have to identify herself with any race or with any group. 
Yeah, she, when we talked about this, because uh, when she starts applying for schools and, and everything, she'll have to self-identify. And so I told uh, her that. Doesn't that suck though? Have, doesn't that suck that you have to, like in America, you have to self-identify with a race? Actually, it's not just America, right? Like in, in Israel, it's the same thing, right? Like you have to identify when you go into university, because obviously you're going to, you're going to get, uh, what is it called? Where you get, you can get lower grades and get in because you, you're of a different ethnicity um so yeah um so yeah i yeah there were, that's why there were lawsuits in harvard by asian americans because uh are they just not letting in asians like is there like too many asians so there's just like no more yeah, asians are allowed in yeah there was at some point some scandal i remember but i don't remember but there was definitely that's crazy. i remember yeah it's it's very it's very difficult because it's like you, you are trying to regulate and make everyone equal but at the same time you don't want to limit any group and and so it's a very very difficult sociological pro problem so yeah i don't know how to resolve it but i always come what, what is this it. thing called what is the word for this thing where they let people in uh with lower grades because uh, they... affirmative, affirmative affirmative action, action. right affirmative mm -hmm. action that's right um so do you I don't know, because it really sounds like, um, like, really, like, honestly, the future, maybe everyone is like your daughter, right? The future, everyone's mixed, right? It's a global world, or maybe not everyone, but at least Western world people, right? Like, you, Western world has tons of immigrants. So maybe if you go to like, you'll, you'll still find like, pure white people in like, Eastern Europe, like poor countries in Eastern Europe, no one wants to immigrate there. But if you if you speak of like a Western kind of country, I think, maybe the future is just everyone's mix. Everyone just kind of looks like your daughter, right? Everyone's some kind of mix of something. So I think how, how relevant is it? Like, are we just, are we just shooting ourselves in the leg when we do this whole affirmative action thing? Like we force people, we go to people like your daughter and we like when your daughter grows up and we tell her, okay, you've got to choose. What are you? Are you, are you black? Are you white? Are you Hispanic? Are you let's you know what it, it seems a bit. I, well, yeah, I mean, it is difficult for college application, for sure, because then, of course, it's a dilemma, you know, and I told her, feel free to pick whatever you want, you know, because there's three options, white, African-American, and mixed, more than one race, so she can pick whatever she feels like. Does, does mixed and, have affirmative action, by the way, or is it just you have to be belong to a specific race? Like, I, oh. think, I think mixed definitely belongs to, well, again, it depends on where, right? Uh, if you go into tech, I think it does, you know, because especially, okay, imagine if you are, for example, Asian and African American mix, and you go into um, tech. They're, they're, you, <laughs> what are they going to do with you? Is that we don't know what to do. It, it's on the one hand, we have too many Asians. On the next, on the other hand, we don't have enough blacks. Like, what do we do? How do well, we? Yeah, and it's, but it's also imagine you're a woman and so that's called i think intersectionality when you have three different uh minority groups you know and so then it, it's a double and triple effect that starts affecting you so that's why you know african-americans african-american women usually have the worst because they have sexism and racism going against them and so if it's not one thing that's in another it's another uh. thing so i mean it it depends so it really depends. I, again, don't know all of it. And I'm learning too, like you said, you asked me ignorant question, like you said, and we discussed it and it's good. I have ignorant questions like this too. And I made ignorant <laughs> comments. 
I made ignorant comments too. And as I'm learning, as I'm going through them, I'm learning and I'm understanding that it's ignorant, but now I'm not ignorant anymore. It's also another learning process. I got it. I got it. I, I, I agree. And I think actually talking to you, I think you're actually, I think you're less decided and you're less political than I thought when I was following you on your LinkedIn, right? Like on your LinkedIn, I, I was sure like from just from your LinkedIn, I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk to this girl. She's going to be like a, a hardcore feminist, like a hardcore, I don't know, like Democrat liberal or something. Um, actually, I think you're like, you're pretty reasonable. Like, uh, actually you don't, you, you yourself kind of said you vote Republican, you vote Democrat. Um, so I have a question, like how much do you think of your kind of your, I don't even know if it's politics at this point, but kind of your ideals, like how, how, what, what part of that is that kind of logical and what part of it is kind of something that, that you, it's a feeling that comes and goes, right? Like you wake up this way, you go to sleep that way, right? The world's unfair when you go to sleep, but it's unfair when you wake up or the opposite. Mm, well, I guess my main goals in life are a little bit idealistic, but I still strive towards them. I do want a healthier planet, right? I want uh, like you mean from like a green perspective, like healthier, like yeah. I care about environment. I care about plastic. I care about uh, wild animals. And sure, of course, I want. I understand that what I want is utopia, and it's never going to happen. But I just want you know a little movements inching towards that direction as much as we can. And so I do, I do want people, you know, to be humane to each other and treat each other, you know, be kind to each other. But I mean, we have a lot of lizard brain in us and nobody's perfect. So fun fact, if you like, if you like recycling and and stuff like you should come to Taiwan, honestly, there's like a law here, right? And everyone, everyone, they do shit tons of recycling. Like they're just recycling out of the yin yangs. I mean, they're just like every single thing they recycle and there's like a limit here on trash. You have to pay for trash basically. So the amount of trash you have, you have to pay for basically via these trash bags that are government uh, oriented and you have to, you really, you can't, whenever you want to throw some trash, you literally have like 20 bins, right? Like every building here has like 20 different bins. And if you don't put the exact type of trash in the right type of bin, they're literally going to like catch you on camera and, post pictures of you everywhere like they're gonna shame you so I, this is like a crazy actually i've never seen a country like this where there's just it's so much and actually i i hate it i hate it i hate it i hate it i honestly i i you know what i wasn't i wasn't against recycling until someone like put a gun to my head and just recycle recycle um yeah yeah i see well uh, I don't but you should come this. here we should we should switch maybe texas is better maybe texas no one cares right I, I don't know what's it like in texas over there yeah texas nobody cares i only have one trash bin <laughs> and and one reci- at least i have one recycling bin and they just start having it a few years ago before they didn't well before they had recycling bin but you can put only certain things there like only aluminum and maybe very nice glass that doesn't break that's it now you can put paper and all types of stuff in there and at this point i've kind of feel fed up and so i just put everything that i think has to can be recycled I just put it, yeah i just put it there <laughs> even you're like, fed up even you don't want to do it I mean, no I, no 
No, but because like, no, it's not that. I have, I feel guilt. Every time I, I have a single plastic, you know what I mean? I feel I have a single plastic something and I look at it and I'm like, this going to recycling. You better recycle it. I'm not putting it into trash because I keep thinking about this thing laying for thousands of years in some, in some, you know, I don't know where and all animals are dying. And so that's, that's my thing. I'm just putting <laughs> everything I can. And they're like, you're crazy. That's not recyclable. I'm like, recyclable. Let's recycle. You recycle it. I don't care how, <laughs> but you're going to recycle it. So, yeah. And so I think that's kind of like, that's a thing, right? Like people are putting so much pressure on themselves to, to with all this knowledge, right? And I'm just like, oh my God, just, I don't care. When, when I die, I just, I hope the world explodes. Like, I don't, I don't care. I just, oh no, I, see, I have a kid. Yeah, no, no, what, no, you, yeah. Uh-huh. what you're experiencing is burnout and anything difficult, right? For example, recycling like this, it's incredibly difficult. Uh, or, you know, talking and learning about everything about discrimination, incredibly difficult. And so you eventually hit a burn burnout because it's so complex and you have to be so mindful that you, and you start feeling oppressed and you're like, yeah, I want the world to explode. I have those feelings too. <laughs> I mean, every no, night- for me, I think it's different. I, I think you actually care too much. I think I'm just kind of like being selfish, just a selfish asshole. Like I want to be one of these old guys, right? Just this old selfish guy. Just take me to grave, right? I don't know. Um, and with this, actually, okay, actually, we have to bring up the coronavirus thing, right? We don't have too much longer, but I have to ask you um, what your opinions are. Like, how's it going over there? What are your opinions right now on this whole topic? Actually, I haven't heard you say almost anything about that on LinkedIn, I think. Well, because to me, I, I don't feel like it limits me in any way. I always lived an uh, introverted lifestyle. And so my lifestyle didn't change. The only thing that changed was putting a mask on. So I put the mask on, go to the store, buy some things, come home. If I want to oh, eat, okay. I'll go put a mask on. Are, are many people wearing masks over there in Austin? Everyone now is wearing masks because you kind of oh. have to. If you walk outside, if you walk outside, you don't. But if you inside, then you wear okay. a mask. And, and I mean, I guess it is kind of weird because if you go at the news, then everyone is dying here. And <laughs> like, there is just like, there is like this zombie apocalypse. But I mean, my daughter and I went to movies last night and we had fun. And I mean, they were oh, like- The theaters yeah, are open only, there? Yeah, there were only like four amazing. people. Yeah, there were only four people in the theater and they had this huge giant screen of Dolby screen and we had dine-in and they brought us food and- It's like the, it's amazing. It's like the zombie, it's like there's there's been a zombie apocalypse that wiped out 90% of humanity and you're just kind of living there, going to theaters by yourself, going to restaurants, everyone's scared to leave the house and you and your daughter are just living it up, right? I mean, that sounds, that sounds awesome. Like really, I think, I think that would be so fun. I, I, the last feeling I had like that, I was in Israel, they started locking everything down and I'm like, yeah, they, and they start finding people who are outside for like, actually they're going to do this again for the third time right now and i was just i was just yeah no way i'm staying inside and i i went out on the street right even though it was full of cops it was full of cops and ambulances and stuff like that like there was it was they, they put up they put up uh they put up um uh, what are those things called like basically they put up stops everywhere um block block 
blockades. They put up police blockades everywhere. Like you couldn't really drive. But I, I had a motorcycle. Um, I'm by the way, I'm a motorcycle guy. Like I like. I like Harley Davidsons, but I can't really afford a Harley Davidson, so I just buy something Korean that that looks like a Harley Davidson. And uh, yeah, just dri- just driving around and trying to avoid these police blockades. It was it was like being in the zombie apocalypse. So I was the only person on the road, except for police once in a while trying to block traffic. Um, See, we don't have the we don't have that here, and I think it would be very difficult to implement this in America. And I think them, especially in Texas, because Texas is its own country. And if you start putting blockades in Texas, there'll be a whole <laughs> bunch of Texans with guns protesting. <laughs> you know, that's that's awesome. That's I think that's awesome. By the way, I think that's what do you think? Do, do you think that's awesome? Yeah, I mean, at some point when there were like. When there were like weird uh, tensions going on, and when when it just started, and nobody knew how bad it's going to hit, like my street, like there are like about I don't know ten houses on one side, or maybe seven houses on one side and seven houses on the other. We all met and we all counted our guns, and we like discovered that some <laughs> some awesome. neighbors have. I mean, I just have one awesome. gun. What? Wait, yeah, who's counting your guns? Who's counting your guns? No, we were all counting our oh, guns to see you're what's your going own gun. on. I got it, I got it. That's, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, and so I just have one handgun. But like my neighbors, you have a handgun? my neighbors. That's awesome. Yeah. Ah. I mean, I'm in Texas. Of you're course a, I'm going to have a gun. You're a Texan. You're a Texan. Oh, I love it. I love it. And, and Russian too. I mean, come yeah, on. You're, you're like a liberal feminist with a handgun, right? Like just shooting it up. <laughs> shooting the world up. A, te- a Texan <laughs> feminist. I, I think that's like... I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Actually, I think yeah. I think you have a pretty cool personality. Like, uh, uh, yeah. So let me ask you: You have a gun. Uh, when, like, actually, why do you have a gun? What is your? Is it just because you're in Texas and just everyone has guns, or do you have like a specific scenario in mind where you would use this gun? No. Well, you just never know. First of all, there are shooters, right? You might be um, somewhere in a public place and you'll have a shooter. Yeah, First totally. All, that happens. That that happens in America. Yeah, it, does that happen in Texas too? By the way, is that a Texan? Is that a Texan phenomenon as well, or is that like a, I don't I don't actually I never follow up where ago. it's happening. Like, is it in Florida? Yeah. Yeah, at UT there was a shooter at UT a few years ago. I mean, the poor guy just had stress from exams, so he just ran around uh, UT and shot a few rounds into air, and then he killed himself in a library. But I mean, it could be worse. So you, know, you never know. So that's one scenario. Second scenario, sometimes I run early, very early in the morning or very late at night. And so, you know, I just want to be safe. You can't yeah. run with a gun, can you? Like, how do you run with if a gun? You ha- if you, you have, have that gun in your hands, like you must have it in your hand no. while you're running. I, I told no, you, you have- jogging with like a gun in your hand. <laughs> No, you have concealed. Fuck you got women rights. Fuck everyone. No, you have concealed. First of all, concealed. am I allowed to you say that to... on Spotify? Will they block me on Spotify if I said that? I'm gonna have to bleep it out. I think. Okay. I, yeah, I don't but you know. have concealed, concealed uh, license, concealed carry license, and then they have special, special uh, carrying uh, harnesses for runners that you can put your gun in. That's hilarious. Um, how do you um. um how do you carry it like how do you carry it? you're you're jogging right you you can't really carry anything when you're jogging right they have multiple different specifically designed harnesses you can look them up online <laughs> awesome do you have like an a resident evil one strapped to your like thigh or something nah, <laughs> I, I, it's on it's on it's like on my uh stomach 
you know, like you sometimes have those carry, carrying uh, bags you put on, on your stomach around your waist. So it's the same principle. It's just uh, designed to carry a gun. Okay, Anna. Okay, this is this has been awesome. I think we have to finish up because we've been talking for over an hour now. Um, okay. But I think it was really fun. I think we should do this again. <laughs> I, I really had a good time. Um, yeah. Okay, me too. Have a great day. I'm going to go back to studying and complaining. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to seeing your angry studying complaining posts on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Right. Well, have a good day. <laughs> Bye. Bye.